Welcome back to this week's episode of What Did They Know Podcast. This week, Nick is flying solo and he breaks down all the top stories, including a pretty big coaching change, statement wins, and all the teams that are fighting for their playoff spots. Nick will also give you his updated power rankings and preview several key matchups that are coming next week. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, we are about to find out what's going on, everybody. This is the What Do They Know podcast. My name is Nick Hoskins. Uh, I am rolling solo tonight, as you can see, for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, our co-host, Jeff, is out of town. Um, his sister is getting married this weekend or, or got married this weekend. So shout out to her. Congratulations to her. And I guess that's an acceptable reason for for Jeff to miss one of our one of our recordings. We'll, we'll cut him some slack. So um, I'm going to I'm going to fill in best I can this week for us and just go over everything that we saw and everything that stood out to me. I have, you know, I norm, normally only keep it to a couple top stories for, for each of us. But since Jeff isn't here, I kind of filled in some of his his time with with um, some more information than I usually do. So I'm just going to go over top stories with you guys, go over um, some overreactions, some predictions, um, and then, you know, power rankings and, and just finish off the week like we normally do, going over some games for next week. Um, there are just a ton of good games. I wrote down, I think, four or five. I could have written down very easily six or seven. Um, so give you some games to look forward to next week and then um, do our picks as always. I did was I was able to have Jeff send me his his picks for next week um even though he's on vacation so he was able nice enough to do that so we can still keep our keep our com- competitiveness going so um i'm going to start out with top stories and it's, and it's funny it's, it's nice to know that i have some people that listen to the show because i have had quite a few people either tag me on you know facebook posts about it or text me or saying hey i can't wait to hear what you're talking about on sunday um because this happened um and that's uh brandon staley um, so those of you who listen to this show, uh, have listened to it enough, know my thoughts on on Brandon Staley, the the Chargers um, head coach or or you know former head coach. Um, the the you know for those of you who who didn't see the the Thursday night game, the Raiders just completely dominated the Chargers. I think the final score was sixty three to twenty one, but even that it wasn't even it wasn't even that close. Um, I want to say one, at one point it was forty two to nothing and forty nine to seven. Um, the Raiders, and you know, it makes it that much worse when you think of the game the week before that the Raiders had, um, they were shut out. They didn't score a single point. Um, they literally lost three to nothing against the Vikings. And so four days later on Thursday night football, they have an offensive explosion on a team that has a head coach who has supposedly has, you know, a defensive background. So, um, and, and, you know, I saw tweets all over from from analysts, you know, people and people used to be in the game currently in the game, basically saying that, you know, the Chargers didn't show up. It was clear they weren't playing for him anymore. So, um, you know, I, I kind of felt like that could come down on Friday and it did. Uh, I want to say, you know, 10 or 11 a.m. Friday morning was when the news came out. They didn't take long. They fired Brandon Staley. They fired their GM. Um, so, you know, I, I've been on record that I just think that he is he was not the guy for that job. Um, he is not the guy to get the results out of that team. He's proven that, um, you know, they have a roster at least on offense that's built to win Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, obviously he's injured this year, but Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler has been a shell of himself. Um, this year really hasn't produced, hasn't put up the numbers that we're used to either rushing or receiving. Um, and then obviously Justin Herbert, um, he is a franchise quarterback. He's proven that his numbers are, when you look at, since he's been in the league, his numbers are top five um, in the entire league when, you know, in comparison to other quarterbacks. 
but that's led to to one playoff game in which they had them you know they they were up big and obviously let the Jaguars have a massive comeback last year um, in the first round so you know Brandon Staley showed that he's just not the guy for that job um, and we'll see who we'll see who who comes in next I thought it was interesting that you know, not only did they fire Staley, but they fired the GM, who I'm I, I'm blanking on his name right now. But this was the third head coach that they that he was given the opportunity to pick. Um, so he's been around a while, and when you fail on three consecutive head coaches, I mean, the writing's pretty much on the wall there. Um, so I saw a lot of people say, um, you know, in the NFL circles, that this job is now considerably more attractive if they. Instead of if they had just fired Staley and left the GM, because now it's a completely clean slate, Um, new GM, new coach, new regime, everybody. Right. Um, So, you know, some names that we've heard thrown around um, Bill Belichick. I don't I don't know that I necessarily see that. I'm more just throwing him on there because I've heard that pretty, pretty substantially. A lot of people are saying that he wants to go to L.A. or the, you know, the Chargers want him. Um, So we'll see what happens. Obviously, rumors are out that. You know, Belichick is already done um, with the Patriots at the end of the season that he knows that, that they've had that conversation. So who knows if that's actually true? Obviously, he won't ever speak on that or much of anything else. But um, he's rumored to take the job. I I don't know that I necessarily see that fit um, with your young quarterback, a guy who's, you know, who's been around, kind of set in his ways, kind of grumpy. Um, I mean, who knows? I could be totally wrong, but I, I personally wouldn't love to see that. I would really love to see Jim Harbaugh, um, who obviously is the coach right now in Michigan, uh, University of Michigan. Um, and they're obviously they're the number one, um, number one seed in the college football playoff. They've, you know, been to the college football playoff two years in a row. Harbaugh has been successful everywhere he's gone. When you think about his time in San Francisco, um, he had Alex Smith and then he also had Colin Kaepernick kind of had two completely different offense or two styles of quarterbacks with both, with both of those and were successful with both of those um, took the Niners to the play uh, to the Super Bowl excuse me um, they obviously lost to his brother um, the Raven in, uh, with Baltimore um, but I really like that idea I really think that that could be a good combination if he wants to go there that's up I, that, you know obviously that's to be determined um, but I think that um, Harbaugh could be a really really good match because he's an offensive guy. Um, so he could be a good match for, um, for Justin Herbert. And then the other guy I wrote down just because he's already there and there were some, you know, conversations that hit, maybe he was hired this year with the expectation that he was like the head coach in waiting. Um, and that's Kellen Moore. Um, he came over, he was the offensive coordinator for the last several years with Dallas. Um, he came over and now is the offensive coordinator with the chargers. Um, but I, I don't see that. Um, just, just, just because of, how much their offense has struggled this year. Um, you know, they, they have not, they have not produced, they have not looked fluid um, or in sync or whatever term you want to use there. And I think it's also telling that Kellen Moore was not named the interim head coach. So, right. Obviously every time a head coach gets fired, they promote one of the assistant coaches to be, you know, the, the head coach for the rest of the season until they make a decision on, on who they want to bring in. Um, and, and they did not pick Kellen Moore. I, I, I don't, I didn't write down the guy that they did pick, but I think that that's telling, um, you, you would think that if they were were wanting to give him a shot that they would, you know, give him that interim role and see what he can do for three weeks. Um, so who knows? Um, but that, you know, is quickly now the most attractive job in the NFL. 
um, in my opinion, as far as head coaching vacancy. So we'll see what happens there. So, um, yeah, Brandon Staley, I, I, you know, I never want to rejoice when someone loses their job because obviously that's how they, they feed their families. They, he produces first family and all that good stuff. But I mean, the, the way he coached was just so infuriating to me. Um, some of the decisions that he made, it just, it just really, I mean, everybody could have predicted this at the beginning of the season, I think. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, my next top story is the Buffalo bills. Holy smokes. Um, they blew the brakes off of the Dallas Cowboys today. That game was not ever competitive. Basically from the very first series, the bills went right down and, and just ran it down their throats. And I think that's the big story in this game is the way that they won. Um, Josh Allen had less than a hundred yards passing. I saw today. Um, he, I think he ran for a touchdown, but he did not do it with his arm today. He didn't have to, um, they, they, they ran the ball, um, cook. I can't remember his first name, the running back for, for Buffalo. Um, he had over 200 total yards. He had two multiple touchdowns. He was an absolute monster today and, and basically single-handedly carried the bills, um, at least on the offensive side of the ball. The defense was also dominant. You know, we talked, we've talked at length about the pieces that the bills are missing, um, just due to injury. And I mean, you would have never known today watching them. Uh, they, the, the Cowboys scored one touchdown, which was basically, you know, under five minutes left in the game, garbage time. Nobody really, you know, didn't have starters in anything like that. No real sense of urgency. So you can, you can almost say they held them, they held them scoreless without a touchdown um, that entire game. And the Cowboys who just put up, you know, 35 or whatever it was against the Eagles last week on Sunday night football. Um, it was a very, very, complete dominant game for the bills. Um, and you know, they are, you talk about peaking at the right time, everybody's saying it. And you know, so I'm not going out on a limb here, but who, who would want to play them right now? If they made it in the playoffs, nobody is the answer to that question. They are probably the scariest wild card team. Um, at least right now that, that you could face. Um, and, and I actually wrote down, I think for where we are now, the bills being at eight and six and the dolphins being at 10 and four, I actually think that the bills have a better shot at the division than they do a wild card spot. So I'll just read you the remaining schedule. So again, bills are at uh, eight and six dolphins, 10 and four. So two games back, but they do have the tiebreaker because they beat Miami um, in week, like four or five. Um, so keep that in mind. So the bills will go at the chargers who we just talked about coming off, um, uh, just getting absolutely spanked. Um, new head coach. Um, it's a Saturday game. Um, so at the Chargers, home to New England, and then at Miami. So to me, those t- those first two games that those are wins, right? Those are those are those are wins. Um, Miami, conversely, they have they're home to Dallas next week. They are, um, I think, they're at Baltimore, and then they're home to the Bills. So in theory. The Bills only need them to, they only need to be down one game going into the last week against Miami. Because if the, if the Bills are, you know, 10 and 10 and uh, six and the Dolphins are 11 and seven and the Bills win that game, they might have the same record, but the Bills are going to have the tiebreaker. And so then by default, they would win the division. So I think, I think the Bills are set up really well to actually take this division. And when you look at that and you, you hear that, where they were three or four weeks ago to actually think that this is a, a likely scenario is kind of shocking. 
Um, I mean, they looked like a team that was just completely lost. Um, and credit to them, man, they've figured it out. And again, they, I actually think that if they make it to the playoffs, they're my favorite to come out of the AFC right now. Um, just because of the way they're playing. They have been playing playoff games, when you think about it, for five or six weeks now um, in reality. Um, so I think that they are primed to make a run if they if they win the division. And and quite honestly, even if they sneak in somehow at a, with the wild card, um, they, they you, nobody wants to play them, just plain and simple. Um, so I am really, really curious. Again, I think that Miami could very easily lose one of the next two games, if not both, when you talk about Dallas and Baltimore. And as difficult as those opponents are, again, the Bills have equally easy opponents, at least on paper, with the Chargers and the the Patriots. So we'll see what happens. That's going to be a really exciting finish the last three weeks. Um, The Houston Texans had just an enormous win today. Um, You know, they came off of just getting absolutely just punched in the throat against the Jets last week, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, You know, they fell to seven and six. And uh, CJ Stroud was actually out with a concussion today. So this was, you know, on paper, it kind of felt like this was the time where they were going to slip out of the race and kind of come back to reality, right? They've been this awesome story the last, I mean, really the whole season. Um, And you think without, without CJ Stroud, you know, what are they going to do? They're playing a Titans team. Who's not, who's not great, but they just beat the dolphins on Monday night football. So it kind of set up to be like, Oh man, like here's, here's the, here's the time that everybody's been waiting for for the, the the Texans to kind of come back down to reality. Um, and that didn't happen. Credit to them, credit to their coach. Um, Case Keenum came in. They, you know, they signed him for a reason, just like this. And, and you know, he didn't light the world on fire, but he did enough to to win the game and it was close. They, you know, they took the the Titans took them to overtime and they they ended up winning on a 54 sec a 54 yard field goal with two seconds left in overtime. So it was that close to being a tie, which would have been just really interesting as far as tiebreakers and and how the wild card race would have would have shaked out that way or shook out that way. But um, don't have to worry about that because they won. So now they're sitting at eight and six. And when you talk about the wild card race, the six and seven seeds, um, there's a tie for the last two spots um, because Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Houston, and Buffalo are all at eight and six. So uh, um, again, the Browns, who I'll talk about in a minute, they they continue to win. They have, I think, they have that five seed pretty well locked up, um, and so it's gonna, you know, it's a, it's a four team race really for the last two spots. Um, and I mean, I I think that Cincinnati is is continuing to shock me. Indianapolis, you know, I said it a few weeks ago, and Jeff didn't necessarily agree about Shane Steichen, but I am one hundred percent on the Shane Steichen Coach of the Year. Um, bandwagon. I think he should be plain and simple um, because it's looking more and more like Indy might actually snag one of those two spots. And I really think that it's going to come down to the last week of the season, um, obviously, but more specifically because Houston is at Indianapolis. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that that game is for the last wildcard spot, because I think that either Buffalo or Cincinnati is probably going to establish themselves as, as that six seed. And then Indianapolis and Houston, it could very easily be a winner take all um, game for that, for that seven seed, which would be, you know, just awesome for the league and awesome to watch. I would imagine that game would probably get flexed to, you know, the Sunday night game. Um, But we'll see. I I really think that it's shaping up to be an awesome last three weeks of the season and um, very easily could come down to that game for the last wild card spot. 
So we'll see what happens there. Um, the Cleveland Browns just keep finding ways to win. They win ugly. It's not always pretty. Um, they played the Bears today, who, you know, they're five Bears were five and eight coming in. They've won a couple games in a row, so they had a little bit of momentum. Um, I didn't honestly expect this game to be close. Um, but the but the Bears actually had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and the Browns just, you know, just clawed back and found ways to win. Joe Flacco had another 300 yard game. He actually almost had you know, 400 yards. I think he finished at like 374, had a couple picks, but he also threw a couple touchdowns. He had one late um, to Amari Cooper, which is, I feel like that's just the definition of Joe Flacco. He throws, you know, he'll throw a pick, he'll make a couple mistakes, but the the throw he made to Amari Cooper, um, it was one of those, you know, it wasn't an actual 50 yards in the air. It was probably a 20 yard throw that he fit in between like literally three or four defenders and, you know, threaded the needle. And then Cooper was able to kind of break away from from that triangle of defenders and, you know, um, get some yards after the catch and break it for a touchdown. But, um, I mean, the Browns, man, they just they they keep dominating. They held like I said, they held the um, the Bears to 17 points. So the defense keeps being the what has the stranglehold of that team. Um, And I really am curious to see, you know, I think the Browns, this is a nice almost practice for, for Flacco for until the games, you know, the games in the playoffs, because again, I, I think they're pretty much locked in. They might've even clinched today. I'm not sure, but they're pretty much locked into a wild card spot and um, more than likely the fifth seed. Um, so when you think about who they'll play, that would be, I think the South, um, the AFC South. So you're looking at either Jacksonville um, or Houston or Indy at this rate. Shoot. Um, so, I mean, that on paper is a winnable game because of their defense. And so you're looking at maybe a possible second round, um, you know, divisional matchup for the Browns with Joe Flacco, who came in through two or three weeks ago. Um, it's a phenomenal story. I mean, you could very, you know, I just talked about Shane Steich and you could very easily make an argument that, you know, Kevin Stefanski from the Browns, um, should win coach of the year. I think he's gone through four quarterbacks this year. Um, and just continues to to get wins. So they're sitting at nine and five, um, and you know they they just continue to impress me. Again, Jeff has been on record with their defense, um, so he's not surprised. Um, I'm actually pretty impressed at, that he called how early he called that in the season. Um, you know, before we had seen any action to to prove that or to think that. Um, you know, he was on the Browns. You know, in the preseason, so give him credit there. All right. I have a couple, I don't know if they're overreactions or maybe predictions. Um, my first prediction I think might surprise some people, but, but bear with me here. Um, I think that Kansas city as, as much of they as they've just looked off, um, as much as, you know, we talk about the receivers and how they dropped the ball a lot, which Kadarius Tony, dude, he did it again today. Um, dropped dropped a pass, which led to an interception, um, and and Mahomes was visibly not happy. So they just continue to drop the ball. Um, they continue to get Kelsey double teamed. He had probably his lowest performance of of the year today, um, but they won. You know, they think they put up twenty seven points or something like that against the Patriots. So um, I think that the, the 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 Chiefs are still in a really good spot to end up with the one seed. Um, which that might sound crazy, but when we think about the teams that they're competing with and their schedules, we've kind of already talked about a couple of them. So Kansas city to finish the year, they have the, the Raiders, the home against the Raiders uh, at the Bengals 
and then I think they're they're playing the Chargers. I think they're home against the Chargers. So Vegas and the Chargers are in my should definitely be two wins. And I would argue that the Bengals should be as well. Who knows what the Bengals are hot right now. But Baltimore, they have they're they're playing uh, pretty much probably right now. Yep, right now as we speak against the Jags. Um, then San Francisco on Monday Night Football on Christmas, uh, best team in the league. Miami, and then the Steelers. That could be very easily. I mean, we'll we'll find out very quickly how good Baltimore is. That could be very easily two and two, one and three. Um, when you talk about, I mean, they could lose to the Jags tonight, then the Niners, then the Dolphins. Um, I mean, who knows? So I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion. And then when you talk about Miami, who the only who is pretty much the only other team in contention, we already talked about them. They have Dallas, Baltimore, and the Bills. So I I see a scenario here where as much as they've struggled, that Kansas City still is playing home a home game in the second round um, after the after getting the bye because they locked up the number one seed, which again would just be just completely crazy um, when you think about their body of work the last few weeks. But again, the schedule is lining up very favorable for them. And um, I almost feel like these next three weeks are going to be like, or I mean, count today, right? Because they played the Patriots who, who for the most part are not a competitive team. Um, this last month of the season could really be like a get right month for them leading right into the playoffs could work out perfectly for them. So we'll see what happens there, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's outlandish at all um, to say that the the chiefs could still end up with a one seed. So keep an eye on that. Um, Who knows if Baltimore wins tonight and then they win, you know, next Monday against San Francisco, which would be no small feat. Obviously it'll be an, it won't be a conversation, but um, I think that the schedule definitely favors Kansas city. Um, all right. And then my second one, this is more just for me or for anybody who's a jet fan. Cause I've been thinking about this and, you know, bear with me here. Um, you know, I've, obviously the jets, they got crushed today. They lost to Miami. I think it was 30 to nothing was never competitive. Um, they, you know, they were officially eliminated from the playoffs today. The one positive in this is that they moved up in the draft order. Um, they have, they're currently sitting at drafting number six. Um, and I wrote down, and I actually believe this, that the Jets are in the best spot that they've been in probably in my lifetime to to kind of pick and prepare their next franchise quarterback. Um, now, the reason I say that is because they have Aaron Rodgers, um, which I think is ultimately going to be the reason that they don't do this um, because Rodgers is going to basically tell them who to draft, what to do, blah, blah, blah. But if you think about it, this this two, 2024 draft, everybody says, is one of the deepest quarterback drafts that we've had in a really long time. Um, you talk about uh, Michael Penix Jr., talk about Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, who just won the Heisman, Bo Nix um, from Oregon, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Um, who am I missing here? No, that's it. I mean, those all those guys all have been discussed possibly going um, in the first round. And so if you think about it, if the Jets hypothetically were to take a quarterback at six or, you know, if they end up, if they stay in the top 10, um, that's a guaranteed red shirt year for their rookie season, just learning from a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, again, something could happen like it did this year and then they're playing or somebody else is playing and they're not watching Rodgers. 
Um, but what are the chances of that happening two years in a row? Um, I really think that if they were to do this, let's just say, you know, Caleb Williams get, oh, and Drake may, that's who I forgot. Um, cause everybody says it's going to go Caleb Williams, Drake may. Um, and then it's kind of a toss up who goes third. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy, um, Bo Nix. If they were to get Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner at number six and have him just sit for a year and watch Aaron Rodgers and learn from him. I mean, my goodness, that would get me so excited because that's the first time they've had the ability to do it the right way. Um, right way, meaning not just throwing the guy into action. I, I think about the, the the quarterbacks that I can remember in my lifetime, then them drafting, which Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, um, Zach Wilson, everybody has played from day one. And look how it's gone, right? I mean, they're, they're, they just added another year um, on their competitive, their, excuse me, um, they're, they're 13 years in a row missing playoffs. Um, so they're the, the longest drought in, in American sports. <laughs> they have the longest drought in American sports of missing playoffs. Um, and that's because they're just not doing it right. They're not picking the right guys. They're not developing them the right way. And I really think that if they were to somehow pick not even this, they don't even necessarily have to hit a home run. If they can pick a guy who, who is, you know, can be an average quarterback in this league and let him just watch for a year. Um, I really think that that could be the best case scenario. Now, again, I don't think that that'll happen. Um, I think that Rogers will be way too demanding with who he wants them to pick for next year. Um, you know, everybody's saying, you know, I know the left tackle for Notre Dame just declared this week for the draft. I can't remember his name, but everybody says that he is the next franchise left tackle. And I've already seen, you know, people that I follow related to the jets, um, saying that that's who they need to draft, which if you watch the game today, it makes total sense because their offensive line basically looked like they were playing with two or three guys versus, you know, the five that are out there. Um, it was just, it was just horrendous football to watch. Um, so they definitely need the, you know, offensive linemen. So it wouldn't be the worst pick in the world, but when you're talking about picking and developing your next guy, I don't know, man, I don't know that they're ever going to get an opportunity like this, um, where he, the person, the, the, the quarterback is guaranteed not to have to play year one. There's no pressure. You can learn the playbook. You can learn the system. You can learn the team, the locker room, the facility, whatever you want, whatever you want to focus on for the year to get comfortable, you can do that because Aaron Rodgers is the guy this year, guaranteed. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. So I just think that that could set up perfectly for them. I really hope they consider it. I don't think that they will, um, but you never know. So that's my, that's my, my prediction for the Jets is that they are in the best position that they've been in a very long time to pick and prepare their next franchise quarterback, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So I am going to transition to my power rankings. Um, so last week, just to kind of refresh your memory, I had 49ers, Ravens, Eagles, Miami, and Detroit. Um, the Eagles obviously got, um, blown out by the Cowboys. The Miami ended up losing on Monday night football to the Titans. Um, but obviously they, they put up a, you know, 30 burger today against the Jets. So my current rankings as they stand, um, San Francisco still, they continue to be dominant. They, they continue to just show how anybody on their offense can score. Um, Brock Purdy threw had four touchdowns again today. 
Um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a thing of beauty. Honestly, I love watching their offense because there's so much motion. There's so many guys that can get involved. You talk about Brandon, Ayuk. you talk about Debo Samuel who had another two touchdowns today. I think that's three or four weeks in a row where he's had multiple touchdowns. Um, so that's just, um, incredible. He's on a, a hot streak and again, he's on one of my fantasy teams. So it was a perfect timing for that, um, in the playoffs. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and then obviously Christian McCaffrey, who had, I mean, he had like two or three touchdowns again today um, as well. So it, anybody on that team can do it. It's it's just amazing. It's 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 really something to watch. Um, number two, I have Baltimore. You know, they they continue to win. Um, they, you know, I had that walk off win last week against the Rams. They're playing currently as we speak, so I don't have anything to judge this week. But they still continue to find ways to win and be dominant with their defense. Um, Lamar Jackson is, you know, he's, he's putting up phenomenal numbers and, um, through the, through the past game, he's also thrown in the run when he needs to. Um, so I still have them at number two. I got Miami moving up a little bit at number three. Um, we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm, I'm not loving Miami. I think they could very easily fall out of my top five. Um, but just based on the, their dominant win today, I felt like I had to put them there. Um, Cleveland new addition to my power rankings. I have them at number four. Um, they, again, I, they, I really am enjoying watching them play with the way they play. They're doing it with defense. Um, and they have just enough skill position contributions, I guess, if you would say to, to throw in the, you know, the points on offense. Um, so I, I have Cleveland at four and then I have Detroit back, back in my top five at five after, um, a pretty dominant win, on Saturday night against the Broncos. I actually predicted the Broncos to win. Um, so I was definitely wrong there. Uh, Jared Goff, I think put up five touchdowns, which, um, is what they needed. Sam Laporta, the tight end had three touchdowns. Their offense, you know, kind of got back to the way they were. Um, so they had a, a phenomenal game. And so, uh, yeah, those are my top five, obviously very fluid. Um, who knows what will happen after next week. Uh, but that's where I have them. So we will jump into um, what games to watch for next week. Um, and there are a bunch. I think I, how many did I write down? One, two, three, four, five. I wrote down five that are actually like really good, important games. And um, I mean, there, there were, there were way more. So um, first and foremost, my motion light turning off on me. Um, first and foremost, the Saints at the Rams Thursday night, a great Thursday night game. Both teams are seven and seven. Both teams coming off wins today. The the Saints have won two in a row. Um, they they beat um, the Fa- Falcons last week. No, they beat the Panthers last week and the Giants today. Um, and then the Rams beat the Commanders today. So both sitting at seven and seven. Huge game for the Saints for the division, um, but also for the wild card. And same for the Rams. Um, both teams, you know, the wild card is right there. Even if the Saints, you know, we kind of talked about it last week how. You know, everybody assumes with the NFC South that the only way in is with winning the winning the division. But the way the NFC is shaking out, that last you know wild card spot, the seven seed, could very easily be at you know the eight and nine, nine and eight mark. So this could be huge for a tiebreaker at the end of the season. You just you don't know. Um, so I'm excited for that Thursday night game. There's a lot of a lot of talent um, in those games. Hopefully, Chris Olave will be back. Thursday night, but you have Alvin Kamara. Derek Carr had finally had a game that we all kind of expected Derek Carr to have. Um, you know, he played great. I think he had three touchdowns today. 
Um, so, you know, Kamara, Derek Carr, Christian, uh, Chris Olave, um, and then on with the Rams, you have Cooper Cup, you have Puka Nakua, Matthew Stafford, um, Kyron Williams, who had a phenomenal game today, the running back. So a lot of talent um, and both have really good defenses. Um, so I'm excited for that game. Um, Bengals at Steelers, eight and six versus seven and seven. So again, huge implications for a potential wild card spot. Steelers are coming off a loss to the Colts. I just don't think that they have the offense at the end of the day. I think that they're going to kind of, um, you know, fizzle on out and, and eventually fall out of the race because, you know, and it's a shame because they have the defense, um, to be competitive. Um, obviously the Colts put up a big number on them on Saturday, but for the most part, their, their defense has been what kept, has kept them in games. And so, um, at the end of the day, I just think that they're going to end up falling out of the race, but, um, huge implications. If, if they prove me wrong and they put up a big number on Sunday and they beat the Bengals and they're right back in it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Browns at Texans, uh, nine and five versus eight and six huge game. Um, again, same, same sort of scenario, right? The Texans need, um, need this game for, um, any potential wild card berth and, and, and even, you know, the NFC South, um, you know, the, the, the Jags are playing right now. Um, they're playing the Ravens, the Ravens, the, the Jags are sitting at eight and five. So if the, if the Jags lose tonight to the Ravens, which would be, I think most people expect that to happen, then they'll be both tied at eight and six um, going into the last three weeks of the seasons. Now, obviously the Jags beat Houston earlier in the season. Um, so they'll have the tiebreaker, but um, they'll be, they'll be right there. And then Indianapolis is right there as well um, at eight and six. So this division, now that I think of it, and I'm sitting here verbalizing it um, is, is, is crazy is going to be fun. Um, a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens there. Um Cowboys at Dolphins. We already talked about it, right? 10 and four versus 10 and four. Um, we'll see how the Cowboys bounce back and then how the Dolphins actually face, you know, how they look versus real competition. Um, that's the story. It's been the story for the Dolphins all year, right? Um, excuse me. Um, they manhandle the teams that they're supposed to, but when they face, you know, actual competition, um, they crumble. So we'll see what happens there. And I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys bounce back. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear what national sports media says about the Cowboys this week after their dominating win against the Eagles. Everybody was saying, you know, Hey, this is the year they could be the one seed. Dak is the shoe in for the MVP. Um, and then today happens and they just get absolutely run over by the bills. Um, so I'm very curious to see how the Cowboys bounce back. And obviously really curious to see how that game impacts the, the AFC East race um, for the, for the Dolphins and, and Bills as well. Um, and then the last one I wrote down is probably is the best game of the week. Um, it's Monday night football. It's actually on Christmas. Um, it's, but it's not till eight 30. So do all your Christmas stuff. Um, you know, take your Christmas stuff down. If you're like my wife, we will have our Christmas tree down before the end of the night on Christmas. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but once you finish all that stuff, pour yourself a glass of eggnog and just watch this game. And it's the Ravens at the 49ers. So, um, you know, could very easily be 10 and four versus 11 and three or 11 and three and 11 and three, depending on how the Ravens do tonight. So um, I can't wait to watch this game. This is actually at the beginning of the season was my Super Bowl prediction, um, the Ravens and the Niners, um, which is still looking very good. Um, so I am really, really excited to watch this game. Um, and see, you know, how the Ravens match up against the Niners. Because I actually, at the beginning of the season, I picked this matchup, but then I picked the Ravens over the Niners in the Super Bowl. 
Um, and obviously right now with the way things are going, I definitely have my doubts. So um, we will see what happens there. But again, those are just the five that I felt had the, the most importance for playoff, you know, spots or tiebreakers or whatever. Um, there's, there's just a ton of good games. Um, so uh, Christmas Eve, I think there's a couple Saturday games. Obviously the Sunday is Christmas Eve. So there's the majority of those. And then there's, a couple Christmas day games, including obviously Monday night football, like we talked about. So there's games all week, um, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, best time of the year. If you're a football fan and, uh, you know, obviously make sure and check out these games cause they have, they have a ton of importance. So, um, all right, we are going to wrap up by doing our picks. Um, again, Jeff sent me his for next week. Uh, this was not a good week for me. Um, I went Oh, and two and Jeff went two and Oh, so I'll just remind you, um, who we picked. So I had the Packers over the Bucks, which I'm really, really surprised um, with kind of the fall from grace that the Packers have had. Um, they had, you know, two or three big wins in a row. Um, you talk, talk about Thanksgiving over the Lions, and then the next week, Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. You're thinking, man, they, they had me sold. I was all over the, the Packers. Um, thinking that they were going to, you know, sneak into the wild cards, and and really they had they had you know found their groove, and it's just kind of been the opposite ever since then. So um, I got that one wrong, and then my upset, like I already talked about, was the Broncos over the Lions, and the Lions just completely dominated them. Um, Jeff, his lock was the Bengals over the Vikings, which was a very very close game. It looked like for the majority of that game that the Vikings were going to win, but the Bengals were able to pull it out. Um, and then his upset man, which, which credit to him, he picked it. Um, I thought he was crazy was the Panthers over the Falcons. And we got to just take a minute and just talk about how bad of a loss that was for the Falcons. Um, prior to today, they were sitting at a three-way tie for the lead in their division at six and seven playing the worst team in football. And they lost. So now they're at six and eight. Uh, the Bucks and the Saints both won. So they're both sitting at seven and seven. Um, and the Falcons scored seven points today. Now I know it was raining. The weather in Carolina was not good. Um, but that is just an absolutely horrible performance. In my opinion, that's the performance that's going to get Arthur Smith fired um, at the end of the season when you talk about them coming up a game short or just missing it. Um, I saw, I want to say it, who was it today? Somebody from an, in the football circles tweeted that nobody is doing less with the amount of weapons that they have than the Falcons. Um, they have, you know, Jeff and I have talked at length about um, all, all the weapons that they have. You talk about B. John Robinson, who kind of fell off the face of the planet. Um, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Um, they have the offensive weapons to be really, really dominant. Um, and to put up seven points against the worst team in football is just, I mean, that's just not a good day. Um, so I couldn't believe that they lost, and I really couldn't believe that the that Jeff got that right. Um, he The dude just continues to shock me. Um, nevertheless, he went 2-0. I went 0-2. So as of today, um, I am sitting at 13-11. and Jeff is two games ahead of me now at 15-9. and um, So this week really hurt. Um, we have three weeks left, and so we'll uh, – you know, he's going to be gone next week again, but I'll have him send me, send me picks for next week as well. So, um, my lock this week is the chiefs at the Raiders. I think that, you know, the, a couple weeks ago, the chiefs played at the Raiders and the Raiders were up. I want to say it was like 14, nothing at some point. And 
basically gave the Chiefs their best shot, punched them in the mouth, then the Chiefs came back and were able to win the game. Um, so I think this time at Arrowhead, um, <clears throat> the Chiefs will find a way to to get to um, to lock this one down as well. Um, and I think that the the Chiefs will win the win easily. Um, the upset, which I can't even believe that the line on this one, and one of the teams we just talked about, I have the Colts over the Falcons. Uh, Falcons are favored by one. Um, they're the home team, so that you know, obviously, they say that that's a three point swing. So I guess if it was in Indy, Indy would be a two point favorite. Um, but I, you know, we talk about the Colts who are eight and six. They're finding their groove. Gardner Minshew's playing great. You know, they're in the heat of the playoff contention versus the Falcons, who we just talked about, who lost to the worst team in football. Um, that to me, it could have very easily been my lock as well as my upset, because I think that that's, to me, that's just a no brainer. Um, but we'll see what happens. So again, my lock chiefs at Raiders or excuse me, chiefs over the Raiders and Colts over the Falcons. Um, Jeff's lock, I let him pick first. So he probably took one of the games that I would have taken, which is the bills over the chargers. I think that that's just a no brainer as a lock, um, for everything that we already talked about the bills peaking at the right time, playing their best football and the chargers coming off a, just a dreadful performance. Um, and you know, a new head coach. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, his upset is one of the games that I previewed. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this one pans out. It's Browns over the Texans. Texans are favored by two and a half. Um, so we will see how that one goes again. That's going to be, um, a really, really good game. Um, Week one fantasy playoffs are almost in the books. We got, you know, a game going right now, and then we have one tomorrow night. Um, so hopefully everybody um, did well. I'm looking like I'm going to go at least two and one, maybe three and oh in my round, in my my three teams. I got one that's going to come down to the wire. Um, I did something today that very easily could have, you know, I, you, I could have been the guy that you made fun of for a very long time. I benched Patrick Mahomes today. Um, so I could have been the guy that benched Mahomes in the playoffs, um, and, and lost, but I, I, I put in Matthew Stafford over, over Mahomes, but it actually was a good call. Stafford got about four more points than Mahomes did. Um, so that made me, that made me happy. I actually texted Jeff and got his opinion on it too, because I've had Stafford in my lineup all week, but I just, I couldn't, I was so nervous about making the wrong call, but it ended up, you know, Jeff said that it was the right move. And I, so I stuck with it and, um, ended up being, ended up being the right call by four points. So um pumped about that so next week i'm not sure what we're going to do for next week um obviously sunday is christmas eve um monday is christmas um so i'm 99 sure we will not be recording on christmas eve um so we might uh, we might release our episode maybe a, a couple days later i don't know if we're going to maybe record on tuesday or maybe i'll do a preview show for you guys um you know get it out before the sunday games i really don't know um, but we will get something in front of you next week. It probably just won't be the typical cadence of coming out Tuesday morning like like, like our episodes normally do um, because I can almost guarantee you that I will not have the opportunity to record um, Sunday on Christmas Eve or Monday on Christmas. So um, bear with us, but we will get something in front of you guys. We you know we won't leave you hanging with the you know the most exciting time of the year coming up. Um, and so um, yeah, we'll, we'll get something. And, and by then, actually, now that I think of it, Jeff will be back because I think he gets back on Tuesday. So hope maybe we actually will be able to record next week with him here. So that would be nice. Um, yeah. All right. So that's what I got for you guys this week. Hopefully you were you enjoyed. Um, hopefully I, my monologuing um, didn't bore you guys to death. I, I have a lot of a res- lot more respect for Vin Scully, um, the uh, 
famous Dodgers broadcaster who always did the games by himself because it's way harder to do this by myself than it is with with having Jeff here. So um, hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed. I tried to come up with as much content for you as possible, but um, nevertheless, continue. You know, again, you guys can send us any comments you 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 want, any opinions, any thoughts um, on the weeks to come. And um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hope you have a, a great Christmas. Um, enjoy the time with your families and we will be back with you after, after Christmas and, um, break down the last three weeks. So I hope you guys enjoyed and have a great night. Thanks for listening to what did they know podcast? Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.